without light till from heaven you came run there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt despise the cross for even in your suffering you saw to the other side knowing this was our salvation Jesus for our sake you died so let's praise the stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to the father are restored and the church of christ was born then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth of old it shall not kneel it shall not faint by his blood and in his name it's in his freedom i am free for the love of jesus christ who has resurrected me King of Kings. 
church, worthy of all of our praise. King of kings, you are my everything, and 
church, isn't it an appropriate response as we have praised his name, praised his holy name, and acknowledged Jesus and his work on the cross. He's saved us from our sins. He's given us everything. And we've acknowledged in this song that he is our everything. And so the appropriate response then is to turn and, and truly lay our lives, every bit of our lives, on the altar. What I love about um, this next song, it caught me this week, is the verbiage of us. We sing that you would reign in us. And we're singing that together as a church, as the body. Right? So let's sing this together. You thought of us before the world began to breathe. You knew our names before we came to be. And you saw the very day we'd fall away from you. And how desperately we'd need to be redeemed. Lord Jesus.
church family, it's usually this time in our service that we would go to a time of prayer and that we would bring forward the needs of our church and mention the things that we have going on. But today is a little different, isn't it? Today is a new day. It's a, it's a new Sunday for us. And so we're going to do something a little different today um, in lieu of our prayer time and our connection moment. Uh, we would like to pray over Pastor Brian and his family. And so we're going to invite them to come to the altar here in just a second. And as soon as they're in and settled, I'm going to invite you as a congregation, if you're comfortable, if you're able, to step out of the seats and to come down the aisles and to kind of fill in the space behind them. Um, if you are Nazarene for more than a decade, how many of you remember laying hands on people? <laughs> we're going to reach out and touch a shoulder or touch a hand if you're comfortable. I know we're in post-COVID world, but God's the God of everything, and I think COVID will be okay today. <laughs> um, so I'm going to invite you here in a second, if you're comfortable and if you're able, to step out of the aisles and to gather around them, and then we're just going to pray over them um, as, a, as a time of welcome, as a time of unity with our pastoral family and us as one family. Does that sound okay? All right. Richardsons, if you wouldn't mind coming forward and coming comfortable there at the altar, and then if we just want to exit from the front and kind of go into the aisles, come out and fill in around them, let's gather in around them today, reach out and touch your shoulder. All right, family, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today. And we thank you for what today means and what today is to us. God, you have done so much over the past several months to make today happen. Lord, you've worked behind the scenes. You've worked publicly. Lord, you've talked to us as individuals. You've talked to us as a church family. You've talked to us as a pastor. And today is the culmination of so much prayer and so much thought and so much planning. God, not a single moment of today would be possible if it wasn't for you. Not a single moment of today would be a reality, Lord, if you hadn't stepped in from the start and made today what it needed to be. And so, Father, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you for who we are because of you. Lord, not as a separate pastor in a church family, but as a church whole, Lord, as a group of people looking to follow you and to do it the best way possible. So, Father, today I just lift the Richardsons up to you. I lift our pastor to you this morning. Thank you for who he is. Thank you for his willingness to follow your voice and your lead. Thank you for his family's willingness to listen to what you wanted of them. To, Lord, to be willing to move. This move has not been easy. It's been difficult. Life is difficult. But, Father, you've been in every step of the situation. And they've admitted to that and they've acknowledged that every step of the way. So, Father, today we just ask that you unite us. It's odd to pray that, God, because we know you already have. We acknowledge your step in all of this. So maybe today, God, our prayer is not that you would unite us, but that you would make us aware of the unity that you have created here in this place right now. Father, make us aware of how you have moved. Make us aware of what you have done. Lord, this affects every single one of us here today as we welcome our pastor, as we expect to hear you through him. God, may he see you through us. May we be the church family that he needs us to be. And Lord, may we be a body of people who look to grow in you, who look to grow in deeper in relationship with you and with a relationship with each other. Thank you for the blessing of today. Thank you for this family, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done to make today possible. We just continue to expect to see the blessings that you want to continue to pour out on us as, as individuals and as a family. We love you so much. Thank you for who we are because of you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Wow. <laughs> uh, 
so many feelings in this moment. Eager, yet anxious. Uh, weary, uh, yet energized. I feel better today than I have in a long time. Um, confident, yet inadequate. But that's where God steps into our lives in the good and the challenging moments and does his best work. In spite of all those emotions that we're feeling, this I know, uh, God is in this. We believe that. That's why we're here. It began for us on December 23rd. I, you may not realize it goes back that far, but I received a call from Reverend Councilman about uh, something else. And in, in the context of that conversation, he indicated there was some opportunities coming that he, he thought, and Marysville might be one of those. So you may not know this, but I drove through Marysville on our way to uh, my wife's family in Dayton for Christmas, and I asked God for a sign. Lord, just give me some kind of inkling. And I got off the highway exit, and I saw this big yellow sign. I knew I was home. Roosters. <laughs> yes. So those are my favorite wings. So, um, you know, we laugh about that now, but... Um, February 27th, we'd meet with your board, and even before we'd been asked a question or had a conversation, as we stood in a circle and prayed in the gym, I just felt the Lord say, relax. Um, you're, 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 I'm in this. And, of course, you had a lot of say in that. There were still some conversations to be had. We had a second follow-up conversation March 3rd. We've met you, many of you, on April 3rd. And God has affirmed each step. And he's been stitching together our, our next steps and we've had a lot of next steps in our lives over these, this, since that time, uh, since that moment. Uh, actually, on our way here to interview with, with the board, our son, uh, we got a phone call, his first phone call from basic training. Uh, so uh, mom and dad are just blubbering in the, on the side of the highway on the way over here. And uh, he's going to be coming home on Wednesday. We're very excited for that. And we'll be going back to Mount Vernon here in the fall as part of the Ohio National Guard. We're looking forward to him being back with us. Uh, we've had uh, a college graduation in our life, a high school graduation. Uh, we've had the parties that go with that. And uh, we had a wedding last Saturday. And, and in between, we, we, we squeezed in a freshman orientation at Mount Vernon on Friday. So, but in that, those, those are all celebratory moments, great moments in, one, in a family's life. And we're thankful for that. And, and God has been with us. And while it has been in many ways tiring, and all in between all that, we're trying to pack a house. And while she stepped out, I can tell you, my wife, she gets it from her parents. They like to keep stuff. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, we've gotten rid of a lot of stuff and more than she realizes. But, uh, <laughs> but we're glad to be here with you. We're, we are excited. And for me, as, a, as a, the pastor and as a husband, as a father, I, I wanted God to affirm within my wife that this is what he wanted for us, and he has. And we want to thank you. Your, your words of affirmation, your messages, your letters, the cards we've received have been so appreciative and, and so needed during this time, this season that we've been going through. Because uh, life has been full. And life has a way of doing that to us, doesn't it? It just fills us up. When we leave a little bit of gap, life just has a way of just flooding in. And we're thankful because this is one more day in our last three-month window of our lives that's worth celebrating. And we're glad to share that with you. We're blessed to have family with us today. There'll be more coming to the second service. They're not morning people, uh, but they'll be coming here shortly. And actually, Amy and I, I believe, uh, we'll get to see our, our dads on Father's Day. And when you're in ministry, that's not always something we get to, to participate in. So that'll be a, a nice blessing for us. 
And um, and speaking of Father's Day, it won't be a focus on my message this morning, but something I started to do last week and went off, or last week last year went off really well. Was my son Elijah and I? We, we had this affinity for dad jokes. Anybody like dad jokes? I like dad jokes. So last year we had our very first father-son dad joke throwdown. So we thought, what a great way to start our time here in Marysville and to have our own dad joke throwdown. So I'm going to invite Elijah to come. And he's going to join me on the platform. And we're going to share just our three best dad jokes with you. Uh, you'll get to decide, not by your laughter, but by your, oh, who the winner is. And just so everyone's clear, I'm going to put my glasses on. That one's free, by the way. So, so you didn't get that one. But it, it'll get better, all right? Eli, I started, you started last year, right? So I'll go first this year. You ready? Okay. So uh, it's been really hot lately, you know, at home. And your mom, she went out and bought a new air conditioner. But she didn't tell me. She just thought I'd be cool with it. That's pretty Second. funny. That's Second. pretty funny. All right, now your Second. turn. Go ahead, buddy. All right, since it's Father's Day, have a Father's Day. Oh, now. okay, Father's Day. Uh, why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? Why do fathers? I don't know. In case they get a hole in one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, that's, that's not bad. It's not bad. All right, listen. Well, okay. Well, you know, um, we've been really busy lately, right? So I asked your mom if she was free tomorrow, so we actually kind of have a nice relaxing day. She says, no, I'm expensive every day. <laughs> Love you, honey. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, ice cube. Okay, but uh, what do a tick in the Eiffel Tower have in common? What do a tick in the Eiffel Tower have in common? I don't know. They're both parasites. <laughs> that one's pretty bad. <laughs> All right, here's my last one. You ready? I'm ready. You, you know I've been trying to get in shape, right? Yep. Been working out. I've, so I've, I've tried giving up chocolate, marshmallows, and nuts, but I have to admit, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a rocky road. <laughs> I like that one. Why do seagulls fly over the ocean? Why do seagulls fly over the ocean? I don't know. Because if they flew over the bay, we'd call them bagels. <laughs> That's pretty good, too. So I don't know. It's up to you. Who wins this year's dad joke throwdown, the father or the son? So we'll call it a draw. Right, good job, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. So, so now you know that I like dad jokes. And it all began, I blame my brother. It's his fault. Um, when we were young, he would make up his own jokes. And we would sit around the table and just, just cackle and laugh and cry because they were so stupid. And um, my brother was watching the first service, so he sent me the one that he remembers, and I thought this was worth sharing. So uh, why, I'm sorry, who kissed the orange? Son kissed the orange. I know, it's still kind of stupid. He put a face palm on his head, but he still remembers that. So I come by it naturally, and many of us have similar stories. We come by things naturally, things we pick up, things that we have, have learned from our families, things that we have experienced over time, and they stick with us. They become part of us. And I look forward to sharing um, many other likes in our lives over the, these coming uh, early days and weeks and months and years to come as we get to know one another, as we share in life together. I want to get to know your likes. I want to have some conversations, some dialogue. I want to know your story. 
A few of your stories I've had a chance to learn already, and, and it's exciting. I've learned some things this, this morning that are pretty exciting and really interesting. And your stories help me learn your names, get to know who you are. And sometimes we, want, we like to share the good stories, don't we? But it's often also the hard stories that are, are worth remembering, worth talking about. It's those stories leave scars in our lives that maybe we don't fondly remember, but yet have been I made a profound impact on us. So we want to share the good, the bad, and the ugly in the days to come because we're the family of God, and, and we are here to walk with one another not only through the, over the mountaintops but through the valleys as well. So uh, I look forward to those times that we might have uh, to share together. And you can even bring a good dad joke or two, and we'll, we'll laugh a little bit at those. So in these early weeks together, uh, well... You're going to hear a lot about us, our lives, kind of what brought us here, what God's done through our lives and ministry, our marriage. Obviously, we have a big family. Uh, well, we thought we had a big family until we met one of the families here, and we realized we're just amateurs. But, uh, <laughs> but isn't that beautiful? It's still something, something that's great to be a part of. But uh, one another story I want to share with you begins in eighth grade. When I was in eighth grade, uh, I was in a home ec class, and, and I, I, for some reason, I, I kind of liked home ec class. I learned a lot of neat things at home ec class. Yeah, I learned that a dry measure in a cup is not the same as a liquid measure in a cup. Uh, so they're, they're different. I learned when you load the dishwasher, the knives go point down. Everybody know why the knives go point down? When you unload it, you don't stab yourself. It's a really important thing to do, load it with the point down. But I also enjoyed, in, in home ec class, sewing. I know it sounds weird, but I enjoyed sewing. We'd get out a piece of notebook paper, and our teacher would teach us to sew different stitches on the lines across the paper, and you had to kind of keep them in, in order. Couldn't pull them too tight because it would tear the paper. I remembered sewing. And the teacher passed around a catalog one day, and we got to select a couple of projects that we could then order that we would sew together in class. And I picked a football in eighth grade. 30-plus years later, I still have that football. My son's going to throw it to me this morning. Throw that football. Here's a, that's a good throw. So I've got my football here. It, it shows a little bit of wear and tear, but this thing survived eight children and two dogs. It probably won't survive the third dog unless I can keep it hidden, but it, it's, it's done pretty well. That's a pretty good craftsmanship for an eighth grader learning to sew. And we learned a lot of stitches in that class. We, we would learn stitches such as the running stitch. There's the ladder stitch, which is also an invisible stitch. Uh, there's the hemming stitch or the whip stitch. That's the one I do most of is the whip stitch. Or the, my favorite was the blanket stitch. Now, I don't know which one's inside of this. That was too long ago. I can't remember that much detail. But it's held, it's held up. It's held together. And I'm pretty excited and proud of that. I know it's just a stuffed football. I don't know. But I keep holding on to it for some reason. Seth, can you catch? Here, he throws better than I do. But this idea of stitching, of, of, of what it means, stitching, stitch can be a noun, but it can also be a verb. It's a thing, but it's also an action. And both of those uh, forms and uses are going to be important in our conversation today. A stitch as a noun is an in-and-out movement of a threaded needle used in sewing or suturing, or a portion of thread that's left in the material or a suture left in tissue after one has stitches put in. So it's, this, it's the physical part of the action of stitching, where the action is something that's done to fasten or to join or to close with stitches, stitching a seam. And I like this definition, to unite, to draw together. It's a thing and an action. And today we're going to talk about how God does both in our lives. 
how God is doing both in our lives, even this morning. By all that we experience, by all that we are given, by who we share life with, by who we are, and by whose we are. All important in our conversation today that God has for us. Because you see, we too, we come as individuals, but when we come together in this place to worship, we are being stitched together as a church. God stitches us together through our beliefs, through our worship, through our times of discipleship and study. He stitches us together through what inspires us, through our times of service and of missions to our community and to our world. And ultimately, he stitches us together as the Holy Spirit works in and out of us. Holiness showing through our lives as we pursue God's vision and purpose as a stitched together body of Christ. And in time, as, as we get to know one another, God will begin to, to and continue to speak in some clear ways as he's going to reveal to us the mission and the purpose he has for us. As we figure each other out and where our passions are and where they overlap and where they might be used to meet needs in our community and draw people into the kingdom. And as those become more defined, he'll create for us a lens through which we can view ministry and activity to what we can then use to draw others into this body of Christ. There's going to be times where what God does is obvious, where it's clear. There's other times where we're going to be unsure, uncertain. It's in those moments where we really need one another to hold each other accountable, to kind of keep us on track. And God has been going before me, kind of preparing the way, if you will. I've been watching some services in recent days just to kind of get a feel for who you are and what your styles are, preferences are. And going back as far as a few months ago, Reverend Kunselman spoke with you about being unified, unity in, in, in the body of Christ. And Pastor Paul's recent conversations about overcoming, overcoming doubt, letting go of our plans, uh, letting go of the dead things in our lives, and acknowledging the difference that the Holy Spirit makes in our life. Even Pastor Josh's message last week, when he talked about grace, that thing that makes us all equal, the thing that allows us to come together in a way where our differences don't matter as much anymore. Each preparing, complementing what God has been laying on my heart to share with you in our early days together. See, we're not just beginning something new here this morning. We are continuing what God has already started. And I'm excited about that. I get to be part of your story as we move forward. I'm going to share with you out of the book of 1 Corinthians today, and it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Now, Corinth, a little bit of context. Um, well, you know, every town, every city has that place, that part of town you want to avoid, that you don't want to go to when it's dark outside. You want to kind of stay away from a place that's trouble, uh, the place that you go to for the wrong reasons, or you don't want anyone else to know that you're going there. Well, Corinth didn't just have a place like that. Corinth was the place like that. The whole city was like that. But here in this, this, this city of Corinth, this church sprang up. And what, what better place for a church, right, than in the midst of darkness, in the midst of a place that's lost, in a place where there is no hope, where there is no light? That's a great place for the church to be. So Paul writes this letter to this church in Corinth, and in chapter 12, he, he wants to remind them of something very important, that they each have a role as individuals, but they're part of something bigger. It begins in verse 12 of chapter 12. Paul writes, there is one body, but it has many parts. But all of its many parts make up one body, 
It is the same with Christ, Paul writes. We were all baptized by one spirit, so we were formed into one body. Christ draws us together. We're different, but the same. He continues to write, and, and it didn't matter whether we're Jews or Greek, whether we're slaves or free, we're all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not just made up of one part, it has many parts. He then goes on to talk about how a uh, little bit of humor, a little bit of sarcasm, Paul in his writing, he, he has, well, what if the foot were to say, well, I'm not a hand, so I don't want to be part of the body anymore. Now, what if the ear would say, well, I'm not an eye, and I can't, since I can't see, I don't want to be part of the body. We kind of smirk at that because it, it's, it's meant to be humorous, and Paul's using the ridiculousness of the statement to drive home a point. We, we don't all bring the same thing to the table, but we're all important. And God does what he does on purpose because he has a purpose for us. He, this is driven home in verse 18. God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. You are who you are. He gave you the gift that he gave you. He's put you in a place where he's put you because that's where he wanted you to be. When we try to be something that we're not, that's when things get a little bit messy. I shared in first service when I was in seventh grade, I was invited by my music teacher one day to stay or to come in after recess. She wanted to, to work with me. I thought, what did I do now to get in trouble for this? And she just wanted to help me learn to sing. I'm thinking, learn to sing. She saw something that I didn't see. And over the next several weeks, I would practice a song with her. And on one given weekend, I was invited to be a special guest, a part of the eighth grade choir as we went to the, the Fairmont Women's Club to sing a song. I shared in seventh grade, I was the best soprano they had in the eighth grade choir. And I went to the women's club and I sang, whenever I feel afraid, I hold my head erect and whistle a happy tune and no one will suspect I'm afraid. That's all I remember, but I remember that song. But then something happened in eighth grade, puberty. And I wasn't a soprano anymore. And singing was no longer my forte. It didn't last very long. But if I were still to try to sing, I would do more harm than good. God's given me other gifts and abilities and talents and, and ways that he wants to use me. I can still sing and worship him. That's not what I'm saying. I can still praise him, absolutely. But, but, but to, to lead worship, that's not my gift. I have a different body part, and I need to be okay with that. To be honest, when I was first called to preach, I didn't want that body part. I didn't want to do that. God, are you kidding? That's the one thing I don't want to do. But he said, that's what he gave me. And over time, we have to realize that God gives us what he gives us for a reason. And he puts us where he wants us to be, just as he wanted it to be. Verse 19, if all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there's only one body. A few months ago, you had Dr. Douglas Van Ness come and share with you. And I had an opportunity to be an associate under, under Dr. Van Ness for a couple of years. And he was one of my first professors as I was making the transition from... Um, the corporate world into ministry. And he writes this, if everyone in your church looks like you and thinks like you, it's not something to celebrate. It suggests that you've misunderstood on several levels what it means to be the church. We're not meant to all look the same. We're supposed to be different. That's where the beauty comes from. That's where the depth comes from. That's, where the, that's what the stitching God does. He draws together those parts that you don't think match and he makes them fit in a way that only he can. Paul continues to say, what if the eye were to say to the hand, I don't need you? Or the head can't say to the feet that I don't need you. In fact, it's just the opposite. We need each other. We, 
at times we're desperately in need of one another. Those times in our lives that are heavy, that don't make sense, uh, that, that require an answer that we don't have, we are often the answer to other people's prayers. God puts us in the lives of others for moments such as this. We need one another. Aren't you glad you're not alone? Verse 23, the parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honor. The private parts aren't shown, but they're treated with special care. Now, that's a funny-sounding verse, but let me talk about what it means. There's going to be parts in our lives that are sensitive, that we don't want others to know about, that maybe we're embarrassed about or we're, we don't know what to do with. And we still need to have others come beside us and help us through those moments. We don't always have to broadcast everything that's going on in our lives. We, we, we get people that are close to us that we can share those moments with, that will walk with us in those intimate moments that we need help with. We get in trouble when we try to do it on our own, when we try to keep secrets, when we're not as, I'm not saying we'd be transparent about everything, but there are moments we need to be more honest about and recognize that we need help. But we're part of the body of Christ. Paul writes, the parts that can't be shown don't need special care, but God has put together all the parts. He's given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. God balances it all out. In verse 25, in that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of one another. And that's what we're here today to do, to take care of one another, to worship together, to grow together. And I love verse 26. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. We go through the valleys and the mountaintops together. We laugh together, we cry together. That's what part of being the body of Christ is all about. Dr. Van Ness continues, the true church is not defined by facilities or by dollars or programs. It is a body, a community of believers who reflect Jesus and who they are and what they are becoming. We have a beautiful facility here. It's, it's great to come as a pastor and not have much to worry about in regards to facility. You have faithful givers. God has been faithful, and you have faith, continued to faithfully give even through a season of COVID. It's nice to come as a pastor and not have to worry about those types of things. They're important. Don't get me wrong. They matter. They can be used to grow the kingdom. There's a place for them. But what really matters is that we are the body of Christ. We are the church, the community of believers. We reflect who Jesus is, not our building. And we reflect who we are becoming. He shows up in our lives. Now we live our lives outside the walls of this place. That's where the biggest impact is made. Paul sums it up in verse 27. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is a part of it. There are no small or insignificant parts. You all matter. And what God is weaving, stitching, and bringing together is beautiful. So you're not the church that you were last week. God has added to your church this week. And I hope after the service is over, you're glad for what he's added. I'll leave that up to you here in just a little bit. But today we continue and also begin seeking to discover what it is that God has for the Marysville Church of the Nazarene. Today, next week, and in the days to come. What would he have this group of people do in this community for his glory? One of the things that attracted me to Marysville that I was really excited about was the diversity in this community. And stay with me. You have factory workers, you have farmers, uh, 
You have those that work in hospitals or in offices, in schools. You have teachers. You have those who work at home, uh, be, it, be it with their children or even out of a home office. You have blue collar, white collar, and every collar in between. And while it seems to be there's a lot of differences there, I get excited about those differences. Because the diversity brings with it preferences and style. And while that can often be a hindrance to the church, it can also be something beautiful. My kids have different styles than I do. They'll be the first to tell you that. And my wife picks on my style quite a bit. I'm not sure why, but, you know, it's okay. I can handle it. But if we were all the same, we'd get pretty boring pretty quickly. We need to be different. We are different. But we do have to acknowledge that there are times when we have to navigate differences as well. The diversity in this sanctuary this morning, it's, it's great. It's broad. It's expansive. But it's also beautiful. See, our differences are what adds beauty and depth to who we are as a church. Now, many years ago, uh, my mom uh, gave me a gift. And Seth, you bring it up here for me. And this is a quilt that I keep in my office. I know a funny place to keep a quilt, which this morning I almost needed it. It was kind of cold out, chilly, cooler. And this is a quilt that my wife will not let me keep on our bed at home. I'm not sure why. It doesn't match the curtains, but um, I think it would match almost any curtain you could put up. But um, if I get the story right, my Aunt Lavu pieced this quilt together many years ago from the clothes from my grandmother's closet. And my grandmother and my grandfather were very important to my story. Um, Grandma Betty um, took us to church when I was four years old. When Grandma Betty said, you're going to church, she didn't argue. You went to church, and thankful for that part of who I am, and I wouldn't be where I'm at today if not for that part of my story. But this is, I learned, Christy Anderson taught me, it's called a Dresden plate, each, each square that's on this quilt. And it's, it's from the fabrics, from the clothes that she'd wear, and there's some, you know, some solid colors, there's some patterns, there's uh, some, some softer textures, some a little harder, a little more, more rough or coarse. Um, they're different. But with love, they were stitched together. And on their own, you might look at that brown. Who would make a brown blanket? Or who would make a a blanket with that pattern in it? Or who would pick blue and go with that color? On their own, we wouldn't do that. But God has a way of taking our individual swatches, if you will, stitching them together in only a way that he can. He makes something beautiful out of what some might look at as a body that they don't connect with. That's what he's doing with us today. Now, the nice thing about God's quilt, while this quilt has a binding and a border on it, his quilt doesn't. There's always room for more. There's always room for new swatches, new stories, new experiences, new people. And that's what excites me about the church. As I look at this quilt and I I see the church. I see who God is and what he's doing. And and he does things that only he can do in bringing together things that aren't like one another. We go through different seasons, different experiences, different ups and downs. And God creates this patchwork, which tells a beautiful story. The church, uh, this church, our church. I I like that, our church. When Brian was praying earlier, it says our church. This is now our church. Last week I was unemployed, and now I'm, I have a church again. So, <laughs> we're a patchwork. 
And God is weaving together our preferences, our styles, our personalities. Some of us are gentle. We're, we're softer. We're, we're maybe like that silk touch, if you will. We're compassionate. Maybe others, you're, you're stiff. Maybe you're the denim. Maybe you add the strength. Uh, maybe, maybe you add the durability. Um, maybe we see that reflected in prayer and our spiritual discipleship foundation. Some of you, maybe you're the flowery designs. You add the creativity. Or maybe you're, you're the solid colors. You add consistency and faithfulness. Maybe you're the green and you just add the money. All of them are important. They matter. Each patch or pattern or block stitched together by God lovingly into one body. On our own, we couldn't. Or on our own, we wouldn't choose to mix and match such differences together. But God in his grace and creativity does. Apart from Christ, we're not able to see the beauty in what God brings together. So I've brought my big family to join your family. I've brought our experiences. I've brought our stories I've, I've brought our victories. I've, I've brought our good moments and our bad moments. I've brought our struggles. I've, I've brought all that God has done in our lives, all that we've experienced to share with you. And God takes our offerings, all that we're willing to give him, and he stitches it together lovingly, one stitch at a time. The noun and the verb, God takes both. He is both. Pulling together uniting, holding us together when life gets tough. And I'm glad to be part of that. And I hope that you are too and are excited about what God is doing and what he's going to continue to do in and through us. Now tomorrow, well, I'm going back home to load the truck. Later this week, I'll be in the office. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to have a clue what that first day looks like. A lot of things God still has to reveal and show us, but we're going to figure it out together. We're going to learn and discover together. I look forward to finding times where we can talk together. And in time, God's going to keep adding to our quilt. So as we close, I, I want to invite each of you who would choose uh, today to be part of this body, part of our quilt, uh, to come and across the altar there are our swatches. And Christy Anderson, I asked her a few weeks ago to help me out in preparation for today and, and, and she, she did a great job. And, and taking it a step further, which I love, she invited some of her friends who aren't part of our church to help. You're going to hear that theme from me a lot. Take the moments, the, the opportunities God gives you out there and invite others to participate with you. And so across the altar are different swatches. There's different colors and patterns and different styles. And I'm going to close in prayer in just a moment. And after that, we're, we're going to worship together. And during that time of worshiping, I'm going to invite you to come. And there's always has to be someone who has to be first. So just if that's you, just, just, just do it. If you feel God speaking to your heart, come. And you can take as long as you need but to find a swatch that's, that resonates with you, that kind of speaks to you, that you like. I want you to take it and you can put it in your Bible. I've got one I put in my Bible the, this, this morning. Uh, I've got two, actually. And there's, there's two different reasons. Those are personal to me. And there's a re those are to be a reminder that you are part of the body, this body of Christ. We're all individuals that God is stitching together. You could, of course, some of you have your, your, your Bibles are on your phones now, so you don't want to put it on your phone, but keep it somewhere you can see it, where you can be reminded of what God is doing. And never doubt for a moment that you're important, that you have a part in what God's doing here. And I look forward to getting to know you, getting to know your story, to see how our swatches will be fit together.
God's in it. He started it several months ago. Even, even before we realized what he was doing, he was stitching it together. Today we get to a little bit better picture of what that looks like. And, um, we're glad we're here. Would you stand with me, please? Let me pray for you this morning. Father, thank you. Revelation tells us that through the power of the blood and the word of our testimony, others will know who you are. Others will get to experience your grace. Others will come to know you and give their lives to you. Now, our testimony in recent days has certainly been one of anxiousness. A lot going on in life. The Lord also one that has made clear to us your faithfulness. You are good. You've done things and are doing things, Lord, we never could have imagined. God, today we celebrate what you've brought together this morning. I pray that you remind us as individuals today that we're part of something bigger. That you see us, that you know us, that you, Lord, crafted and created and formed us on purpose, just as we are, for a holy purpose. Today, Lord, as we step out and pick up a swatch, may it be a reminder to us, not just that we are part of something bigger, but we're choosing to be part of something bigger. Thank you, God, for what you've started, what you're continuing. Be glorified in us. Grow your quilt, Lord. Help us do our part to grow your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great and mighty one, with one desire we come, that you would reign, that you would reign in us. We're offering up our lives, a living sacrifice, that you would reign, that you would
are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Go as sent people, sharing the good news. Invite someone to join you next week. Don't forget, there are no small parts to this body. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.